Dean. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh, mercy! Five, four, three, two, one. From the warehouse at Oreo Park at Camden Yards, Paul Mancano and Bobby Blanco talking Orioles on the Mass and All Access podcast. Excuse my voice, Bobby, and also our watchers and listeners. Yeah. Um, still going through something that you gave me, Bobby. No, yeah, it's been going around to the web studio, and it's yeah. 100% my no, fault. No, entirely your fault. I, I want to know where you got it I from. got a little sick coming home from my vacation um, uh-huh. from uh, Fourth of July weekend. Oh, yeah. your vacation. Yeah. Oh, must have been nice. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Ain't baseball great? Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, try to rest up before the All-Star break because yeah. we had a busy All-Star break, obviously, down in D.C. We had no All-Star No break. All-Star break. Actually, you're right. Um, and um, then being around you guys yeah. for that whole week, mm-hmm. I definitely spread it around, gave it to you, and then I think Thank you, you. <laughs> actually passed it on to our very own Sarah Perlman. Which, Probably. Sorry about that, Sarah. Yep, she's get. Yep, all yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's giving us hearts. and It's the nature of the business when yeah, you're spending really this much is, time yeah. around And friendship, other. honestly, because like, we're all friends here, so yeah. you know, yeah. germs have, get spread around. may have to end some of those That is how things go. It, huh? but yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, what? No, you're good, Bobby. Yeah. You're good. It's okay. I just but yeah, you sound great, Paul. Just spent a week in bed. No, it's fine. Um, so anyway, well, you're uh, back. Let's talk. I am. You're back, back right for the, the busiest time of Our the year. Our busiest timeline sounding like a seal, but I am here and it's a busy time. Which seal? Around like the, the singer or like the animal? Ooh, no, like the Navy seal, Bobby. Oh, damn. Yeah. Curveball. The curveball. Uh, speaking of which. Yeah. Back to baseball. Uh-huh. Um, this is a busy week in baseball and perhaps the busiest team out there besides maybe the Yankees is the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. Um, selling off already two players, probably their two biggest trade ships, I would think, at this point. Manny Machado, the first deal coming the day after the All-Star game uh, yep. last Wednesday, and the second deal coming just yesterday, late two days ago. Well, technically, I think it was well, it late was happening Tuesday. late Tuesday night, yeah. but I think it went like at the stroke of midnight yesterday, yeah. so you might not be completely wrong by there saying it happened on Wednesday. That would be Zach Britton. Yes. Uh those two deals netting them a total of eight prospects. Machado, of course, going to the Dodgers and Britain going to the Yankees. There are still several other players that they could deal before this deadline. We're going to talk about them coming up in this podcast. We'll talk about whether Jonathan Scope could be traded. We'll talk about Brad Brock, Michael Givens, all these guys, whether they could be traded and how much they could fetch in a trade. But first, let's talk about those first two deals. Um, and talk about whether they got fair value or not for them. So eight prospects coming back. Let's start chronologically with the Manny Machado deal. Yep. Uh, they got five back. The biggest piece of that one being Yosniel Diaz, yep. uh, who's 21, an outfielder, and who hit two homers in that Futures game that we were at. Bobby. We were at at Nats Park. Yeah, that was impressive. And, uh, you know, he was hitting 314 in AA. He's down at Bowie now. He's off to a slow start, but that's to be expected when, when not only you change teams, but you change coasts, like coming from the True. West Coast to East Coast. So that's kind Body of – Body clock is yeah. all, all um, messed up. But, I mean, he's already today MLB – Pipeline.com, he's the Orioles' number one ranked prospect, which is impressive that he's already jumped um, Ryan Mancastle, who was number one for the longest time this season. Um, so but, they moved him up, right? It yeah, was he, was, the, he was initially two. Yeah. And then I checked today, and he's the number one prospect overall over Ryan yeah. Mancastle. So, yeah, he's already impressing guys. Um, he, I know a lot of scouts liked the way he was playing the field right there. Again, he's only two for 20 in his couple games at Bowie. Um, but he, he came in with – 
high praise. Obviously, he was a guy that the Orioles had targeted when mm-hmm. engaging discussions with the Dodgers, um, whether that would have been Machado or Britton. Obviously, it ended up being Machado. And, um, you know, he, he headlines this guy. He's a, he's a top 100 prospect nationally. So, it's, you know, when you deal with a guy like Manny Machado, who is an all-star, who is one of the best players in baseball, one of, if not the best defensive player in baseball too, you want guys like that. And if you're going through this rebuild, young, top prospects who you can start that rebuild yeah. with, you know, build your farm system up. And the Orioles, we, as we know, don't have the strongest farm system to begin with. This kind of adds a little extra juice to it. So, you know, a little spark into that farm system to come up. And Diaz is a name right. to keep an eye on for, for a couple of years now. As we know, they were dealing from a position of weakness, I would, I would say, uh, given the fact that Manny Machado is in his walk year has just a few months left with the Dodgers before he ultimately hits free agency. And that's key, Paul, because, you know, we talked – the Orioles – we knew that the Orioles were going to make moves, and it came to light the, leading up to the All-Star break that they were going to try to move Machado and Britton yeah. first to get – because those were the two guys who definitely knew they were on the move. Yeah. Um, so get those out of the way. Now they can spend – because the Britton deal went down Tuesday, I guess. So now they can spend this last week up to the trade deadline trading these other guys who might not be so obvious or yeah. might not – or might be – little harder to to move um yeah. like adam jones jonathan scope brad brock yada 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 who we'll talk about later and we know that this orioles farm system was very much depleted in terms of top tier talent but also in terms of depth yes it seems like for both of these deals particularly with the machado deal they might have gone a little bit more with quantity as opposed to quality we know that we talked about diaz being a top tier prospect but he was the only one in the top 100 of the five prospects they got back yep Tell me something about the four other guys that they got. And, I, I mean, do any of these guys, the, the probably the biggest concern after that deal on the Orioles side was, did any of these guys besides Diaz have a, the potential to be an impact player? I mean, Ryan Bannon is maybe a guy who could be. But you get all the way down to the list to Bravik Valera, and that's probably somebody who doesn't really yeah. have that much of a future. Well, Bravik Valera's had uh, – Played in the majors before. He, mm-hmm. I think he played 20 games with the Dodgers this season. Hit like 170. Yes, believe, but yeah. nonetheless made it to the big league club, and he's on the 40-man roster for the mm-hmm. Orioles now, and he, he's been playing at AAA Norfolk. Uh, he's 4 for 18 with, with a couple runs scored in five games there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he's a guy who – he's on the 40-man. He probably won't make an immediate impact, but he's got major league experience, so that's – I think that counts for something in yep. terms of return. But, yeah, Ryland Bannon, 22-year-old third baseman, um, the Orioles have a good stock of infielders down in the major leagues when you talk about um, Mountcastle and um, uh, who is the first baseman. Anyways, um, but, yeah, he had, two, he had almost 300 um, when he was with Rancho, single-A Rancho. Again, it's only single-A, and they're moving him up to Bowie now that he's over here. But he's a former Big East Conference Player of the Year when he was in college, an eighth-round pick by the Dodgers. So that's impressive. I mean, the, guy, the kid can play at third base. He was only the Dodgers' 27th-ranked prospect. So, like, that's not too high yeah. out of 30. <laughs> yeah. Um, but nonetheless, you know, the Dodgers have a very good farm system, so that might say something about their system that he cracked the top 30. Right. And now he is ranked currently, as of today, for the Orioles, down at 20. So he made a jump. Yeah. Well, that goes to show the depth, I think. of Correct. That, yeah. um, so, But that's kind of a piece that you add um, to a farm system to add that depth. Yeah. Um, and, again, Diaz was the headliner in this trade, and then – Bannon, uh, Dean Kramer, Zach Pop, 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 and, and Valera. I love that. You really, you and I are big community get, fans. So yes. when we got Zach Pop, 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 I, I love it's that character on community. Yes. yes, but those four players get, are definitely depth piece, depth pieces um, to add and, and boost. And um, 
I think, let's see here, one, two, three, four of those guys went to Bowie and Valero went to, to AAA. Um, so when you're adding guys at the not the AAA level, anything below, that's obviously a, a depth move. Yeah, and I think the one thing I did like about this, it's interesting because I think they took two different approaches when they looked at the Britain trade and the Machado trade. With the Machado trade, it seemed like they got back a lot of young prospects. Yeah. Um, uh, Diaz is 21. Dean Kramer is 22. Zach Pop is 20. Uh, Bannon's 22, too. Bannon is 22. Bravik Valera is the only guy who's a little bit older and 26. All these guys, the four biggest guys in this deal are between the ages of 21 and 22. Yeah. Um, whereas the, the Britain deal, and we'll touch more on those guys in a little bit, seem to be older. But Slightly. I do, I mean, personally, I like the younger guys because I think once you start hitting the 23, 24, 25, you're it, it, uh, obviously some guys are late bloomers, but you just think the potential just starts to drop on those guys. You kind of figure out who they are and, and yeah. you get an idea of, all right, this guy can play in the major leagues or he can't. Yeah. Um, and I think you're right. These guys are at the right age where, all right, they can play the rest of the season, you know, with the Orioles and see where they fit in in terms of their prospects and, and their rankings and, ha- and the big league club. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if we'll see Diaz this year. I mean, it's possible with September call-ups, but it could be tough to come up here. Also, there's more moves to be made, so we'll see what else, who else yeah. comes in and who else leaves. Um, don't forget about Cedric Mullins coming out playing outfield, too. That's true. So, uh, but yeah, I think they're all young guys. The, the three guys um, in the Britain deal were all closer in their mid. They're 24 and 25. Um, so, they're a little older, but yeah, young guys. I mean, also you think about young players in, in, in the big leagues now, like, you know, you got your Juan Sotos, you got other guys coming up who are making impact now, and, you know, yes, they're special talents. You got Ozzie Albies. Yeah. Ronald they're special talents, yeah. but, you know, it's a young man's game now. I mean, you know, the young people are taking over the game. So you kind of want to add guys who are in their early 20s, maybe teens, yeah. and see what you can get, maybe a, one of those diamonds in the rough and a kid who's just off the charts special. And you have to take into account the Orioles, um, their full window for competition. And when do you think they're actually going to be a playoff team again? When do you think they're going to be – a team that is competing in the AL East, and you have to look. I, I think you're obviously looking past this year. Yep. I think you have to look past 2019 as well. Agreed. It's, it's always tough to judge because I think a lot of t- people will punt down the road and say, "Oh, I mean, people thought that this Braves team wasn't going to compete until 2019 or 2020. They thought that the Phillies team wasn't going." So, I mean, these their windows. It's often hard to judge. But when you get younger guys, that is certainly kicking the can down the road, I think. Right, and also the argument for those two teams, you mentioned the Phillies and the Braves, that they're not here yet is because they're too young, you know? Right. But here they are. Yeah. The Phillies are in first place. The Braves are in second, chasing a wild card spot. So, young, again, it's a young man's game. So, these kids can play now. I mean, they're better than ever, you know? Teams, minor league systems are better than ever in terms of training and, and conditioning and and the coaching they get. You know, you've got former big leaguers down in the minor league clubs, like helping these kids grow. Mm-hmm. So you, these kids are more prepared than ever before to come up to the big league club and contribute and and, and be successful. Yeah, um, and we know a lot of their stats. You did a lot of research on their these five guys before they came to the Orioles. A couple guys have already made their appearances in Bowie. You mentioned uh, Yosniel Diaz. Also, uh, I believe Zach Pop has appeared in a game. Didn't do two games. Two games, rather. Did not do too hot. Uh, no, gave up but three he had, runs in two innings. But I think I did see uh, MassInSports.com's very own Steve Molesky said that he actually saw, saw him in Bowie and saw him 
pitch a couple of innings, and he looked pretty solid. Okay. Well, there's that. Uh, and the other guy that has also made an appearance would be Dean Kramer. Appeared in one game and gave up one run in he got six innings. Yeah. yeah. He got, and also six strikeouts. There you so go. So that, that was impressive, too. And obviously small sample size. But these guys are going to have a brighter and brighter spotlight once all of these guys end up getting traded. And we have to turn the page and look to – uh, this new wave of Orioles coming up. So the second trade, first trade, Manny Machado touched on those five guys. Zach Britton bringing back three prospects. It's not obviously the return that, you know, you're going to get for a healthy Zach Britton or a Zach Britton with more years on his contract. But I think overall the consensus is among people who know the prospects in the Yankees system, I think the Orioles did fairly well. Yeah, uh, and uh, the, I mean, the guy who headlines this trade is Dylan Tate, and he was the number five overall, according to Baseball America, the number five overall Yankees prospect, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. You're getting a number five, their number five prospect for a rental. And again, we hark back to the Orioles getting eight players, eight prospects for two rentals. So that's, you know, I think anytime that, that's a good ratio in my opinion. Yeah, cause, <laughs> if anything, yeah. Because the Dodgers Quantity. and Yankees are only getting Britain and, or Machado and Britain respectively for two months, maybe a little bit more, but that's it because they're both pending free agents. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that helps. But yeah, Dylan Tate, um, 15 starts at double A. He went five and two, three, three, eight ERA. Um, he held opponents to a 218 average, which is impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, he's down in Bowie. Um, you know, he, He's got a pretty impressive strike to walk ratio. It's almost uh, looks like it's two three to one. So yeah, he's a, he's impressed. He's the headline again. Also twenty four right handed pitcher. He's a right. starter. Uh, These guys are a little bit older. These guys, I think yeah, Tate a little is more 24. established minor yeah. leaguers. Um, you know, they're not one of those guys. They're not guys that are going to be like minor leaguers for life. Yeah, but they're they're closer to being major league ready than right. the guys we got from the Machado trade. Yeah, um, Cody Carroll, another right hander, Double uh, A Trenton. He went three and zero, two three eight ERA again. Any ERA under three is impressive. Yeah, uh, recorded nine saves. He's a reliever, whip close to one, um, and a high strikeout. Um, like apparently, he's, this kid can throw heat. He uh, he actually pitched today. We're recording on Thursday at Norfolk because mm-hmm. Norfolk, the Tide, and the Syracuse Chiefs have been playing four games in two days, almost twenty four hours exactly. <laughs> two doubleheaders back to back, but he almost touched ninety nine today on the ra- on the radar nice. gun apparently so that's impressive so him and uh tate have been known to throw some some heat and um that's good to see yeah and good to see also that i, I think carol's not a guy that you know was on too many radars i don't know what he was ranked in the yankees system i did not see either. um but somebody who's having great years so somebody who maybe at this point in the season guys would reevaluate and say maybe he should have been ranked higher so i right. think maybe for the orioles they were trying to get a guy on the upswing um as he was hopefully in the midst of a breakout season. Um, so those are the, the three guys. And the f- final guy on there, Josh Rogers. Left-hander, 19 starts. He's a starter. He only won 6-8 this year um, at Triple H Granton. ERA close to four, um, but another guy that the Orioles liked just because uh, he seemed like he's got some good stuff, um, can maybe a little closer to Major League Ready and um, has faced some closer to big league hitters as opposed to some other guys who yeah. have been down Double A. So, and he and both of those – uh, not Rogers, excuse me, but uh, Carroll came in as the now the 14th always prospect. So he, he's cropped the top 15 coming over. So it's yeah. also, also impressive. Dylan Tate, that's six, according gotcha. to uh, MLB Pipeline. So that's those are the eight guys that the Orioles got back total in the Machado and Britain deals. Also, I think for this Britain deal, for the Yankees, this is this is a power move. I mean, this is a bullpen that does not need any help. No, they have four closers now. Yeah, I think the fact what he gives you on the field is like a third of what 
the total value of him because I think the other third, one third of it is what he gives you on the field. A third of it is the fact that uh, you take him away, away from other teams. Yeah. That's a huge That's uh, true. value boost for him. And finally, the fact that they were able to give up some of these guys that they were probably going to lose in the Rule 5 draft. Oh, yeah. They have such a loaded system that they were going to have to protect a lot of these guys and have to make some just tough decisions and lose some of these guys mm-hmm. to teams like the Orioles who love to hunt the rule five draft guys. So, um, yeah, I think that for the Yankees, I mean, that that's a win-win and for the Orioles, you got back what you could yeah. um, for this guy. It is also kind of sad on the emotional side. Oh my gosh. I'm not sure. <laughs> we dealt with a lot of the Machado emotions. Uh, the Britain one is tough because he didn't, um, you know, he, the game was at home when he was, uh, when he found out of the trade, he's not a position player, so he didn't get to do hugs on the field and get an ovation from the stands, from the fans rather. Um, well, not only somebody that, deserves one. Not only that, but it was a game against the Red Sox. Yeah, where of course, when Zach Britton gets traded, they um, they need him. <laughs> like yeah, it was, it became yeah. a safe situation. That's We're like, true. All right, yeah. So you know, we need our closer, and we can't throw him out there because he's being traded. But it was also interesting because there was a rain delay, two rain delays that yep. night, and the second one was kind of closer to the end of the game where these rumors were becoming more and more true. Mm-hmm. It was being widely reported that yeah. the deal had been confirmed, and so Burton actually got to walk into the clubhouse. Um, you know, the, or the massing cameras got him walking yeah. from the bullpen, and he was waving to people and stuff like that. So we kind of knew. Yeah. Um. So that was kind of a send off. But you're right; it was kind of sad that he we didn't get a real send off for Zach yeah. Britton because you know he deserved it, and Baltimore fans deserved to see him Absolutely. one more time because his last time he pitched, also ironically, yeah, was in Toronto. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, this- he goes from not pitching in the Walker game in 2016 to his last outing as an Oriole being in Toronto. And you hate to see you it. You hate also, to see that. But also, the Yankees right now are very much back in the AL East, I believe five oh, and yeah. a half games. They're looking at a wild card game in the American League. Will Could Zach, Zach Britton pitch in that wild Will card Zach game? Britton get used? I mean, that's extra painful. You're throwing a yeah. little bit of... Well, Britton also tweeted a picture of his new uh, his new pinstripes. Mm-hmm. Five three and pinstripes. Lord to bear me strength. Does it? It, it stings. <laughs> I think ever yeah. any Orioles fan. I mean, any Orioles fan obviously gets it. Mm-hmm. Gets where the team is now. Gets gets what the situation was yep. and with Machado. But man, seeing not only one of your favorite players but one of your favorite people. I mean, we worked with Zach Britton on in, in the Mass and Web Studio before. Yeah, couldn't be a nicer Great guy. Great guy. Um, you know, he is the epitome of. Great player, better person. Yeah, that phrase. He that that is Zach Britton to yeah. the, the T. So and um, that seeing him in pinstripes is, is gonna suck for a little bit. And if you haven't seen already, some great stuff coming out about Zach Britton from just about everybody. Orioles beat writers, yeah, Buckshaw Walter, just about fans, everybody. You know, highly he, of him. He was great with fans at uh, the Masson booth at Orioles Winterfest or Fan Fest for multiple years. Yeah. Um, you know, he really built a relationship, and I think. He, I don't know if this was actually a direct quote, but I, I saw one of the Orioles beat writers saying, you know, he he referred to or even said that he hoped this, this wasn't his yeah. last time in an orange and black. Yeah. So that's that's cool to hear. He's, he's made that clear, I think. And it's something that you would you, you never know what the future is going to hold, especially for a closer. You never know how long that window is going to be open that he's going to be good for. Um, but you would love to see him come back. I mean, that's, you know, for somebody who had a great run in Baltimore in terms of starting as a, a starting pitcher, being really struggling, uh, being moved first off to Norfolk, then being brought back up as a closer, 
and having a terrific season, getting an all-star nod, being having an ERA at .54 and coming at fourth in the Cy Young voting. Right. I mean, he had a wild roller coaster ride in Baltimore um, from beginning to end, and he, you know, this is an organization that stuck with him. They could have given up on him. They yeah. could have traded him away, but they stuck with him. Buck Walter tried different things with him, found something that worked. And I think he's appreciative of that. Oh, absolutely. He became the best closer, in my opinion, the best closer yeah. in the game. I mean, when he's healthy and on, I mean, he, his slider has been voted on multiple times as the best pitch in all of baseball. Yeah. And I think he's he just became one of the best closers in the game off that pitch, but also his mentality. He was able to – ment. I mean, closer is half mental, you know, so yeah. he was able to handle the tough pressure situations and you facing the tough batters. I mean, guys can't touch that pitch. And, and I think once he, – he's, he's getting back on track. You know, obviously he had a slow start this year with the injuries. But, you know, he could be a weapon for the Yankees coming up. And how about those Yankees? Interesting stat, Paul. Mm-hmm. They have a winning record against – again, they're five and a half games behind Boston. They have a winning record against the Red Sox as of now. But they are like 500 against the Rays and the Orioles this season. <laughs> like they can't yeah, beat the, the worst teams in the league. Does but, not make and that's, sense. And that honestly is the difference between them leading the division right now and yep. being five and a half games back. Yep. So that's kind of funny. Yep. Maybe they still Zach have a couple months to make over. Oh, yeah, and they're not done making moves. I mean, they just yep. got J.A. Happ today, and there's still, what, five days left before the deadline. So. Yep. We'll see what else they can do. So on the Orioles side, we close the book, at least for now, on two great Orioles Ugh. of the past seven or so years uh, in Manny Machado and Zach Britton. Let's talk about some of the other books we could close this coming week. Flip the page. Flip the page, literally and figuratively. Um, who do you want to start with? There are any sundry names that we could pick from. I think it's appropriate to start with because um, you just shot with Sarah Perlman a nice interview with Adam Jones. Yes. And obviously Adam Jones... Uh, is the face of the franchise, yeah. the captain of the team, you know, the voice of the team, Buck's right-hand man out there on the field. Mm. He, uh, you know, this, it just, when you go through a time like this for any team, and it's, it's it sucks because the Orioles haven't done this in a long time, mm-hmm. that you're trading all of your fan favorite players. And, I mean, I think Adam Jones is up there with the fan favorites. So seeing him leave would be tough. But also, he's been vocal about it over the past couple of weeks, and even more so with his sit-down with Sarah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and even today, when he met with the media in the Orioles clubhouse, being open to the idea of, you know, because he's got 10 and 5 rights, so he, he has to approve of any trade. He can veto any trade, too. Yep. So he's been open to the idea of, hey, find the best deal for me, trade me, and then he's also a pending free agent. Let's see what you can get, Let's see what you can get me back, get back for me, and then maybe make a deal and I can come back yeah. uh, in this offseason. We, we talked about on the last podcast, I believe, talking about the potential of him getting traded away and signing back with the team. Yeah. The question I think right now, and we can put some of that stuff aside because it's a lot of it is conjecture, and you just never know. First off, he has to be traded, period. Right. Um, and uh, I think the, one of the big questions now is how much he's worth. At this point uh, in his career, he's into his 30s, uh, might have to be moved out of center field and onto a corner. What does he offer a team for a guy that also hits for average but doesn't get on base a whole lot, doesn't walk a whole lot, is striking out a lot this season, and just has mediocre power at this point in his career? I mean, what kind of return does he ultimately bring the Orioles? Unfortunately, I think his return – oh, for the Orioles, you mean? Yeah. Oh, I, well, that is a tough question. So I, because I would, all right, let me counter your question with a question. <laughs> what does he bring to the team he eventually goes to? Right, exactly. Yeah. So you would think he's going to a contender, mm-hmm. a, play, a potential playoff team, 
And I, I, I thought it was interesting. I looked up his postseason stats. He doesn't historic. I mean, he, it was only in, uh, you know, it's only a handful of games. I think it's 14 games. He has 14 career postseason games with the Orioles, which is a solid handful. Yeah. You know, I think that's a fair sample size. Would you agree, considering it's only playoffs and you only play? Yeah, I mean, if you play 10 years and it's always a, a So five game series against the Yankees and um, five, three, they swept the, the Tigers and got swept by the Royals and then the wild card the game. The wild card game, So. Yeah. Uh, but he's only a career 155 hitter in the postseason. He only has one home run in the postseason with four RBIs. So what is he really bringing to a team on the field mm-hmm. that's going to be a contender? You know, you, you would have, you would think he would play in the postseason or he would play every day. You know, yeah. And that's what he's going to want to do. And he's already made that clear. He's like, he wants to go to a team where he'll play every day. Yeah. So on the field, I don't know really what he can bring. And he's, what, 277 this year, 10 home runs, 38 RBIs, um, other than leadership. Yep, clubhouse and off-field leadership and and that veteran presence for a team looking to make a deep run. He certainly brings that, I think. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think yeah. that's what he would bring to the team. Yeah. So how what what's a team going to give in return for that? You know what I'm saying? Like, how much is that worth? Right. Yeah. How, how do you quantify what, something exactly? Like what that? what are we quantifying? Because the numbers, you know, if we look at numbers, numbers really aren't there to, yeah. you know, qual- to warrant something right. big or you know worthy. Well, with the postseason numbers. It is only 14 games. Yeah. I think people I just would take it. interesting. Yeah, no, it is interesting. And I think that's something that teams will definitely take into account, but it's how much will they factor that Right. In? Because if it was reversed, like you was hitting 277 now and only 10 home runs, but he was like a 300 hitter with five home runs in the right. playoffs. It's like, all right, yeah, I'll take He, you know, steps up and they're on the big stage. Yeah. But that's not the case. So what can you realistically realistically expect to get back? Yeah. I think this is actually, though, an interesting trade deadline for him because you have a couple teams – that are peaking a little bit early because a lot of their core is young. Yeah. And I look at that NL East again with the Braves and Phillies as teams that could potentially be in the race for the pennant, but also teams that need a veteran presence down right, the stretch. Right. So not a lot of teams that are on the back end of their glory and need to get, you know, just a few guys to fill it in. They're also looking for veteran presence in their locker room to get them through and say, I've been here before. Right. I know how to close the deal in September and I know how to, advance in October. Right. So I think that maybe Adam might have more of a market this year than he would in other years. Yeah. But the three, so on, on that note, the three teams that are reported to be the most interested in Adam mm-hmm. are the Indians, Phillies, and Giants. So only mm-hmm. one of those teams, like you mentioned, would probably need veteran presence. Right. To be the Phillies. Because the Giants, remember, they got McCutcheon and obviously and Buster Posey. Yeah. 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 So they've got plenty of veterans. Yeah. And the Indians, they were just in the World Series two years ago. Mm-hmm. So they've been there. They, they don't really, you know, they, they've been there. They've done that. They don't really need that veteran presence. The thing, curious thing I saw with the Indians, though, is that they do need center field help. They Their center fielders rank 29th in all of baseball in OPS, mm-hmm. and they have just four home runs from the center field position. Interesting. So they do need center field help. So that's probably why they're so hot on Adam. And if they're honestly that desperate for center field help, maybe that price goes up a little bit. And do they want to keep Adam at center? You know, that's a big thing. It's- I'm assuming that because from what I've read – um, with these numbers in center field, I'm assuming that Adam will play center right. if he yeah. goes to the Indians. Um, and that's you know an interesting thing because he's no longer a plus defender like he was earlier on right. in his career. Um, well, it's going to be interesting to watch over the, the next week or so. It could happen earlier. It could happen later. He is another rental like Britton and Machado. So yep. you'd think the earlier they deal him, the more they'd get back in theory. But you know how much is a week's worth of games going to give you? Um, but, yeah, somebody who – it's going to be interesting also because we – we might have to do a lot of 
official goodbyeing to Adam just to see him come back. Right. Yeah, that's, that'd be you know, funny, we too. We have to do uh, a lot of tributes and all that kind of stuff, and then in a few months, he yeah. signs with the Orioles. You never know. Right, right. So but this, it's, this could it's be not, a, I mean, I would encourage Orioles fans to get to the yard this, this weekend. They have four against the Rays because you might not see this guy. Yeah at least for the next two months, or yeah. maybe never again. And Adam is in center field. And get those right, center field those seats right by center field. He likes to wave. Primo fans. spot, too. I yeah. like those. Yeah, he so, does. Um, so Adam is aside. A couple more guys we want to touch on. Uh, do you want to talk Jonathan Scope? Let's touch on Brad Brock. Brad Brock, excuse me. That's his name. There we go. Brad Brock. <laughs> Brad Brock. Because uh, he's the other pending free agent. Yeah. So he's okay. another guy. I think it's those two. Him and Jones are the two guys that are probably yeah. up next on the docket. To, okay. Because, you know, their contracts are expiring and they're, they're most know, likely you, to be done. Right. Might as well get something for them, right? Yep. Um, problem is with Brad Brock, he's not having that great of a season. He has a career-worst 4.85 ERA. Mm-hmm. Um, he's only 1-2. and two. He's only recorded 11 saves in 39 innings. 39 innings. So he's just fresh. He hasn't pitched that much yeah. um, in 42 games. Um, he's, his strikeout-to-ball ratio is just 2. So for every walk, he gets 2 strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Um, and his whip is closer to 2 than it is 1.5. So not great for Brad Brock. I, I honestly think he's been pitching his way out of a trade. Um, there have been teams um, asking about him. Um, I believe among them have been the Rockies. Mm-hmm. Who else? Uh, who else is looking for bullpen help? Could be the Astros, potentially. Astros, maybe. Um, but honestly, I, I don't – whatever – if 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 Brock's going to be on the move, it's not going to be them. It's not going to be for much. I think his value has gone down. So it's going to be a team who's desperate for – because the reliever market isn't – with Britain off now. Yeah. Um, Familia's already moved. I, I just don't see any team, you know, opening the bank for for like a Brad Brock or even semi opening it if that you know yeah. open the door just because he hasn't been that great this season. And I honestly think Brad Brock is one of those I mean, you know, he's thrived in those years with this back end of the Orioles bullpen was just dominant and it was, you know, him O'Day Britain or O'Day him Britain when he has his defined role I think he's much better than because he's been all over the place this season with 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 he Britain has. injured he was the closer struggled there and then O'Day got hurt so they kind of had to f- move him back to the the eighth inning so he's been all over the place I think it's kind of really throwing him off this year uh interesting though since June 7th you talk about you know how he struggled overall this year but isolating stats since June 7th his ERA is over seven Opponents are hitting 361 off him, um, and that's in a good number of – that's in 16 innings. Um, so, you know, a fair, lar- fairly large sample size yeah. uh, in those games. So – and he's been kept mostly in those games, actually. I think at the beginning of the year he was bounced around a lot, but he, ninth inning or eighth <laughs> inning. I know that's – you know, there's a big difference in a pitcher's mind, but that's pretty much where he's going to be – Kept in yeah. any playoff. Yeah, I mean, if he gets traded, he could, you know, they could have a defined role for him already. Yeah. If he goes to a team that is like, hey, we're going to have you pitch the eighth, yeah. or you're going to be the closer. That probably helps him a lot better, yeah. too. Um, we saw it the other night against the Red Sox. The Orioles going into the ninth inning, I believe, had a three-run lead, and the Red Sox cut it to two off Brock fairly yep. quickly and easily. It's the Red Sox, I know, they're the best team in baseball, but still, it got a little shaky there at the end. And yep. <laughs> um, Mookie Betts even came up to bat, and we're like, all right, well, this is going to be really going to take the lead. And he got out of it. Give him credit. He got out of it. But it was still a little shaky there for a moment. Yeah. He is in the same category, I think, as Michael Gibbons right now, as guys who may have played themselves out of the yeah. trade, as you mentioned. Yeah. And Michael Gibbons was the one, I believe, that, that night um, um, 
allow the Red Sox to like, he serve up a two run homer, I think. So that was like a six one game and it, or seven one game and quickly became seven three seven five. So and you hate to see it because these are two guys who have had good careers in Baltimore yep. and they like everybody else on this team are having bad years at the wrong time. Mm. This year, for whatever reason, so many guys we've talked about are having down years. It's an anomaly mm. statistically, and it seems like for even for their trade assets, these, they're having bad years. Even when you know guys like Brad Brock and Michael Gibbons who wouldn't have a huge impact on your team being good. But them having down years hurts too because there goes your trade value for both of those guys. Right. And it, it's you, you wait so long, you build up so much trade value, and they ultimately might not get much, if anything. Right. Uh, but the thing that Gibbons does have going for him is that mm-hmm. he's got one year left of arbitration eligibility, right. so he's got a little more control. So you're not just buying; it's not a rental. You're not buying two months. You're buying yeah. a year and a half. Um, so that's a positive in Gibbons' favor. Yeah. That also goes for guys like Gosman and Scope and Bundy, um, who have apparently. Doros have been getting interest from other teams from right. about. Um, interesting. So let's touch on those three guys really quickly. Um, Scope I want to talk about because I think he's interesting. It's very interesting. Somebody who I think teams generally still view him as – I don't think this down year and down first half really hurt his value overall that much. Also, he was hurt, so it's not 100% exactly. his fault. Uh, and I think we just – I think teams still value him as a piece they could potentially build around. Uh, it's – a shame because it's I think at this point if the best option and Rockabaco said it yesterday uh, on Mass and All Access uh, best route for the Orioles is still I think to try to sign him to an extension but we still haven't heard anything on that front right you don't want to trade him because of how good he's been uh, in his years with the big league club but it, at this point he's if it's not an option on the table then I guess you have to treat him like you treated Manny right and but also was yeah I don't know because it's a tough situation. <laughs> Let me get a breath here. Uh, there are a lot of uh, a lot of names worth right, right now. because all right. Back to the Machado. Machado was the player, you know, who's was the future of this franchise. He was going to be, you know, he's a guy that you sign, make an Oriole for life. Mm-hmm. You build around him. He's your all star. He's your your superstar. Mm-hmm. The guy who's going to be your future Hall of Famer. Now with Machado gone, that's probably going to be Scope, another young guy who's talent. Obviously, last year's most valuable Oriole, and like you said, he was hurt. And struggling early this season, but in July he's hitting 367 with six home runs. So we're seeing more yeah. of the old-fashioned Jonathan Scope that we're used to than we did earlier this season. Yeah, um, and I think that's the player who he is. I, I really do. And his def- he's got a strong arm at second base. He can move laterally. Uh, he's a great defender. So he's got value to him. And obviously the next year, I think he needs. If you got rid of Machado, he need. If you gonna do this rebuild he's the one you rebuild around right no so, i agree um you keep scope try to get an extension done um and that's easier that's way easier said than done yeah but that that's the route i think oh yeah. and would hope this team goes exactly the, the question is whether they can get it done all yeah. right rapid fire the two pitchers kevin gossman dylan bundy off limits i i just i don't really? think you can you teams have asked and the Orioles have said they're willing to engage talks about them i just think these are also two young pitchers who it's funny that, Paul, how many times have we talked about this rotation um, or the rotation on this podcast before? Mm-hmm. Now the I think the rotation is the one place you don't deal from Yeah. Um, on this team is because Gosman and Bundy are young, talented pitchers, starters, guys who you know have been thought to and can still be the centerpieces of this rotation. Um, I, I definitely don't think trade Bundy. I think Bundy still has ace material. Um, and obviously Cobb and Kashner had late starts of this year. I think I really threw them off. And, uh, but the Cobb is three years, and Kashner has an option for next year. Yeah. 
So I think they'll be both be around and back. So I think you don't deal from the rotation unless it's the absolute perfect price. Yeah, and I think ultimately as much talk as we've heard over the past couple of weeks about these two guys, I think they ultimately stay because yeah. um, we've heard Dan Duquette say before, these are two guys we want on our team long-term. They want them to see them through the rebuild and uh, be ultimately pieces on the contending teams. All right. That's just about everybody that we touched on. Uh, it's going to be an interesting week. Yeah. Tommy, just about a week, less than a week until the trade deadline. And of course, deals can still happen after that. If guys clear waivers, right. So follow us for through that whole thing at Paul Mancano at Bobby underscore Blanco. And of course at mass and Orioles, mass and Orioles on Facebook. Sarah Perlman is talking to Rockabaco just about every day. Every day. Um, also check out Steve Muskie's blog for all the updates on these prospects that the yes. Orioles are getting back. And he's got the best insight on all of them and what yep. they can do and what to expect from them. And of course those two writers on mass and That's just about it. Follow. Yep. Uh, Mass and All Access Podcast on Apple Podcasts, yes. Google Play, SoundCloud. Give us a follow, like, uh, subscribe, and spread the word. Sounds good, and we will see you later.